0: Finish. fast, physical, and out of control,
1: and the final line is, it's all 4 you that for free, man. What is this? Woo! Are you back live again with us, to RF Sports Radio Show, I'm your host, RF. We got a power-packed album for the sports you guys, this is Monday, January the 10th. We had a big, big weekend. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Cotton Bowl, we're going to definitely talk about that. We got to get into some NFL playoffs also, too. We had a really, really big weekend. Uh, if you guys uh, didn't get a chance to check out our Cotton Bowl pregame show, we did that live from Cowboys Stadium. You can go back and download that. We did that on uh, Friday. And that has been a great, great show. I thank for everyone listening to that. And then we also did some uh, video work as well. You guys can check our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash Sports to see all the latest updates on the video. Let me bring on my co-host real quick. He's coming in. I know he's a little tired, but he is ready to go. I'm ready First to go, right Rodney.
2: What's going on, Rodney? Good, good, man. How are you? I'm doing fine. A little tired, a little tired. It's been a long weekend. I mean, we've oh, been yeah. quite a few bowl games. I tell you what, if you ever get a chance to go to a bowl game. It's the most exciting uh, attraction you can go to for football. The, the atmosphere is hyped. Uh The Cotton Bowl, you know, was the last one we went to. And I tell you, it was so much excitement, man. I felt like I was in college again. Yeah,
1: it was a great experience. It really was. And we had a chance to, uh, we, well, when we got there, we had our own sweep. We got a chance to do a broadcast from there. So we'll definitely talk a lot about The Cotton Bowl. A couple of other announcements since the show went so well for the pregame show on January the 19th. Do not miss out. Definitely tune in about 630, January the 19th. We're going to do another live pregame show. But this is going to be from American Airlines Center when the Mavs take on uh, the L.A. Lakers. That means the Kobe Bryant, the Phil Jackson show is coming to town. And we'll be there. So we're going to do a pregame show then. So make sure you guys definitely check that out. That's on January the 19th at 6.30, so make sure you check back on our blog at rfsportsradio.blogspot.com. You can get all the information about the pregame show that we're going to have. So it's going to be a great deal, and uh, if you want to check out the video, go to rfsportsradio.blogspot.com. Check out all the videos we did from the Cotton Had a lot of fun, uh, so we'll talk about that as well, too. Before we get into the top stories, just remind everyone, if you're listening to us live, make sure you call in 323- 927-2906, that's 323-927-2906 and Voice Your Opinion. This is the one and only show that you can call in and voice your opinion at any time, so make sure you do that. Let me go ahead and get to a couple of top stories here. Let's start with some NBA top stories and our local team here. We've been talking about the Mavs and how hurt, hurt they are, Karan but out for the season. Dirk's yeah. still missing games. He missed his seventh straight game. Well, the man tried to do something about that today. I guess you could call it that. But they signed Sasha Pavlovic today uh, to a 10-day contract. Now, he was once an All-Star. Uh, well, I'm yeah, sorry, he He's he coming in to kind of take minutes for the All-Star forward, Dirk Nowitzki. He's been seven straight consecutive games. But Sasha's a utility player. He played with Cleveland, played with Minnesota, uh, played yeah, with Utah, around. most wow. recently played with Minnesota last year. He's been around for a while. He was a 19-pick overall back in 2003 from the Jazz. But his career average is only 5.5 points a game, 1.9 rebounds a game, and about 17 minutes a night. Royce, I mean, what are they trying to do Are they trying to get some
2: extra bodies on the floor or or what? Well, it it looks that way, but no way is he going to be able to feel the shoot of Dirk or even Karan. So, Maybe Povic still has something left in the tank. I hope he does because we sure do need some gas in the Maverick tank. I mean, yeah, they
1: need to go. So too. Well, right. it's a 10-day contract, so I guess this is something to kind of ease the pain a little bit. I guess it's to satisfy, satisfy some fans that know we need somebody in here. But this is not going to get it done at all, especially on the 10-day. There's it, it, no way a guy like Sasha Pavlovich can take up the time or the or the points that Caron Butler is going to provide for the right, team. Right, there is no right. way. So I guess they're trying to hey. do something. I don't think they got a trade on horizon. Maybe they're signing him for a trade. Who knows? But they, they must have got some kind of rhyme or reason for that particular rhyme because it didn't
2: make any sense to me at all. Speaking of well, trade. does say defense. I wouldn't say that much. Yeah, but far as offense, you know, yeah, I don't know how much offense we're going to get out of it, but. Somebody in the Maverick organization is going to step up. We we got to have, and, and if you're listening out there, somebody's going to step up. Now's your chance. When your number's called, you have to be ready. So uh, let's see who's ready with this team. And speaking of trade, the trade we've been following ever since we started this it's show great. in it the off great. season
1: was the Carmelo Anthony trade. And I was watching this trade, thinking that hey, Melo's going to be a Maverick. Well. Looks like the Nets are close to getting the deal done. Looks like Mellow's going to be a New Jersey, New Jersey Net after all. Although, when this trade happened, it was supposed to be done uh day before yesterday, actually. Yesterday. It was a 15-player player trade, a big, big trade, involving uh, the Denver Nuggets, the New Jersey Nets, and the Detroit Pistons. The uh, Nets were going to get back in return uh, Carmelo Anthony, Rip Hamilton, and Chauncey Billups. That's a good three to get, I think, in any That's trade. A good
2: three to get. All right. good three to be along too.
1: That's true. Then we're going to have to give up Devin Harris, Derek Favors, the rookie, and also Anthony Morrow, and then we're going to go to uh, Nuggets. And uh-huh. uh, the Pistons are kind of, they're trying to dump contracts. So the Pistons are actually going to be um, receiving um, Quentin Ross, Ben Uzo, and Stephen Graham. Uh, and, of course, they're just for salary cap purposes. Right. But the biggest hold-up now is this whole deal about Johan Petro and Troy Murphy. Whatever the situation may be, the deal may not get done at all because they did play the other night, both Chauncey Billups and Carmelo, when the deal should have been done. So maybe Denver's getting cold feet. But right. what do you think about this trade, first of all, Royce? I know it's benefits? the Nets. They're getting Melo. They're getting Chauncey Billups. They're getting um, – Rip Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton. I mean, does it take this team from, you know, in, in a in a in a turn from
2: worse to first by getting those three players? Well, it, it's definitely an improvement and uh I know you hurt. You were trying to get uh Carmela here. I kinda tried to nerd you a little bit to tell you that wasn't gonna happen. But uh I you know, we we kinda figured he was going to New Jersey New York, you know, his roots are there. Uh they got plenty of money, plenty, plenty of money to spend. Uh, I think it's good for New Jersey, but I can't believe Denver is giving that up. You know, yeah. maybe it's something to the deal. We don't know. Maybe they're trying to restructure, but, wow, what a deal. I mean, it's Yeah, I think they're healthy. definitely trying to restructure. Let's right. get some more reaction
1: on this uh, military real fast. Let's bring on NBA, uh NBA analyst, our expert, and also NFL expert, Rick. Let me bring him on real fast. Rick, now I don't know if you heard about this trade, if you heard anything about it, but let me get your initial reaction once you heard that Miller was gonna possibly be a net as early as
3: tomorrow. I'm, I'm gonna sound just like Royce. Wow, wow. Yeah. Now I can't I can't tell you if that takes the the nets from worst to first, but it definitely takes them from pretender to contender. That's true. That right. that I can definitely say. Now I'm not saying that they're just gonna go over there and win the win you know, start winning big, get into the playoffs, make to the finals and all that. But you can now say that it is a possibility. You
2: yeah. can and now you know, the, say the, the,
3: that they they ahead. did one of the best scores in the game with Carmelo Anthony. They have a good low close player in in uh, Brooks Lopez. And Chauncey Billups is a very, very, very good point guard, and he's definitely right. got to be top six or seven in the league right now. You right. know, that's a heck of a deal for New Jersey.
2: Yes. A yeah. big-time deal. And that just really and they, just makes And they got a coach easy. that's been there before. Right. Yeah, and they, and that just right. makes it Heat more powerful. I mean, the West is loaded like they... Be, starting to balance out a little bit because, you know, mm-hmm. all the power was, you know, is mostly in the Western team. But now we almost got a, a identical balancing power, you know, on yep. both sides. So I guess it's good for the, for the NBA, for basketball.
1: Well, yes, know. it's definitely good for the NBA. The NBA is the one that's reaping all the rewards from this trade if it goes, if it happens from uh, from uh, D, D. Wade and LeBron and Chris Biles teaming up to what the Celtics were able to do. I mean they're they're, they're definitely the ones that are benefiting and you're right, Royce, the the power was, is definitely shifting to the to the Eastern Conference. If you think about the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference or contenders, you're gonna have the Miami Heat, you're gonna have the Boston Celtics, you're gonna have the Chicago Bulls and now quite honestly you're gonna have a New Jersey Nets team that's gonna be looking to try to get something done as well too. When we talked about the power in the West, we always we always talked about Carmelo and the Nuggets.
2: Is one right. of the power that's teams true. in the West. Right. So that well, does take a changed. lot of power that's
3: over the now. If you that, that trade goes through, Royce is right. You know, that shifting of power, that changes with the Nuggets. So that just decreases the power a little bit over in the West and makes it stronger right. in the East if Carmelo goes over there.
1: Yeah. Well, moving on to a couple other top stories. and One local story I want to get you guys' reaction on is as we Since we've been on the air, Jason Garrett did officially become the head coach of the Cowboys. Of course, you know me. I didn't want to see it happen. I'd be the first to admit it, but now that he is the coach, so be it. Right. It, is yeah. it, is. <laughs> it is what it is.
2: It right. is what it is. Right, right. Where do you think it's first right right business to be? Right, well, the first thing I just want
1: to talk to you guys about is about the press conference, Okay. They introduced Jason Garrett as the head coach, and of course, the, the questions start flying. And the big question that someone threw out to Jason Garrett was, "Hey, are you going to have control over this team, and, and, and so to speak? Are you going to be the one picking the players, or are you the one picking the coaches?" And emphatically, Jared stood up, pushed Garrett, Garrett out the way, and said, "You know what? Let me answer that question. Let me answer that question. Garrett's going to be the person over everything. No player, no coach is going to be on this in, on this team." Involved with this team without Jason Garrett having a final say so, but I thought it was interesting how Jerry just kind of stood up and said, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna let you have to say so, but right now I need to have to say so." Yeah, yeah, he still has power. So, uh, what else is new? <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. But his first move right. was uh, letting go of uh, the wide receivers coach Ray Sherman. Now, you know, let's look let's look a little bit deeper into it if we can because I don't think anyone really has. Ray Sherman's been interviewed for the head coaching job twice by the Cowboys. He's got to be a guy that Jerry likes. He's been on the right. roster for a long time. And the first coach that Jason Garrett lets go is Ray Sherman. I he
2: mean, there's got to be
1: some questions mark, question marks there for me.
2: Yeah, well, you know, oh. with all the job vacancies around, maybe he, he's positioned himself in one of those coaching positions. So who knows, you know. That's a a yeah, that's, it, that's, it. It. that's
3: exactly what I was going to say, too, you know. I mean, it, one, of the, one of two things happened. Either he went into the interview room and he, you know, made a total fool of himself for some reason, which I highly doubt, you know, and the Cowboys felt they needed to get rid of him, or there's more opportunities out there. Maybe the Cowboys know something about it. Maybe Ray Sherman knows something about it. Maybe Ray Sherman even said, you know, if you guys aren't going to hire me as a coach, why don't you go ahead and, you know, release me so I can take advantage of some other opportunities. It could be something like right. that, too. Good point. Good right.
2: point. Yeah, we got at least, what, seven to ten teams with vacancies this year? You yeah. know, at least seven, you know. Yeah. So, and they, they and got other Right.
3: That creates head coaching positions, offensive coordinator positions, you know. Right. He can he's got there's plenty of opportunities out there for him. You know, I don't wanna just, you know, turn to the negative on this one. You know, not right. at this point now. I'm not saying that the negative didn't happen, but you know, I'm not really interested in looking that way right now. Yeah. Well, you know
1: me, I'm just trying to find something negative about Garrett right off the bat. So maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's
2: just me. Well, let, let me ask you guys the question. <laughs> See, comment, mean, comment that comment wasn't even for you. <laughs> right, right. But let, me, let, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you sure diehard Cowboy fans a question. What's the first thing Jason Garrett should do as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? That's easy. In my mind, okay. he needs to go out and get a defensive coordinator,
3: period, point <laughs> blank. Don't, yeah. don't worry about getting rid of no players just yet. You know, take care of that because that's coming up too. That's coming up right. too. That's on the second and third page of the book. It's coming. But yeah. first thing, go get you a defensive coordinator. Sure, all that up. Let's get this coaching staff together. Boom. Now let's start making roster moves.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that's right. the number one thing you do is go out to that defensive coordinator. There going to be some good ones out there available. Uh, so I think right. we definitely got to do that. Speaking of defense coordinator, Wade Phillips did take that job in Houston um, as a defense coordinator. So we'll get a chance to see what he can do as a coordinator, if he can do anything. Uh-oh. Let's take Uh-oh. a quick uh, commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the combo, wrap that Wrap that up. Of course, we do got a bowl game on right now, the championship game. And Auburn's on top of Oregon, 19-11. to So we keep you guys updated on that. You listen to the RF Sports Radio Show, and we'll be right back.
0: What's up out there with it, world? What's up? It's what your boy you? Chosen Man, and I'm back in the building. Um, you hey! dig? And for all of y'all that haven't already done it, you know what I'm saying, go out there and join IcebreakerProductions.com right now. Support your favorite ICE audit right now. You know what I'm saying, get a ringtone, get a t-shirt, buy the calendar right now. Or you can even pick up a teddy bear, you know what I'm talking about, we got everything. Got everything. Um, Every Wednesday, y'all need to be checking out the Icebreaker Radio Show at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. you hear it, IcebreakerProductions.com, you know already. what I'm saying, scroll down about the middle of the page and click on the player and you got and mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't working for you, hop on iTunes and listen to us on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I ain't tripping. You know, you can get us on anywhere. anywhere. And uh if you really wanna know what's going down at all times with Icebreaker Productions, you gotta follow us on Twitter at Icebreaker Radio. And if right you're a now. Facebook lover, hit us up, Icebreaker Productions, you know right what they do. Now. And uh follow y'all that like them live fresh videos, you know you can follow us on the YouTube channel, Chosen Nine Seven Two. Right. You still in the old school and you know what I'm saying, you still on MySpace, right hit us up. 972, we ain't tripping.
4: And uh, without
0: further ado, we're going to go ahead and hop into this album. The reason that you're hearing my Uh voice. You like one of these artists, you know what I'm saying? So get your jam on, get your lean on. And I'll be back at you later on in the future with more ICE (laughs) announcements. Already.
1: This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service? or a website, and you need more customers. Advertise with the fastest-growing internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. We have options for every budget, and don't let business pass you by. And we are back. We are back live broadcasting from DeSoto, Texas, as always. The RF Sports Radio Show. I got my partners in crime with me. got Royce. I got Rick on the line. Get you guys back on real quick. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, cotton bowl. We got a chance to go for the first time, my first cotton bowl that I've been to. And this was actually the cotton bowl at Cowboys Stadium. And uh, when we got there, Rick, I'm going to tell you, man. This was not like the Ticket City Bowl. Let me say that first <laughs> <Yeah.
4: thing. laughs> It
1: was not like the Ticket City Bowl, which was at the Cotton Bowl. When we got there, it was people lined up. We got there maybe 4 o'clock, and it was people just oh, lined right. up already, coming out for the freeway, tailgating. And uh, I didn't know this, but I guess L- LSU's uh, theme rappers has got to be boosting weight because that's all they played. I mean, everybody right. from LSU was playing nothing but Boots and Webby, all in the parking lot. I thought that was really kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was shaking something, wasn't it? Yeah, all exactly. Right. I thought that was really cool. So they represent, you know, Baton Rouge and everything. So we get inside uh, Jerry Wood, as big as it is, we go upstairs, and, of course, we go take our seats in the press box or try to take our seats in the press box. And when we get there, we can't find our name. There's no RS Sports anywhere. There's no uh, nothing on the seating chart. So me and you know, Royce are looking at me like, Man, do you told me we had passes? I said, Okay.
4: <laughs> <Winter> <laughs> okay we do. I
1: know we right. do somewhere. So I asked the uh, young lady, she points us in another direction down the hall. We walk down this long hall and uh, all along the hall it's like Cowboys Having Got pictures of uh Jimmy Johnson, you got pictures of Jerry Jones and Troy Aikman and Troy Aikman. Uh, all Damn the it. cowboys Damn is over history.
3: Right on. Lovely. All down the hallway.
1: We, we finally get down to where we need to go uh, We walk into the radio section Once we get into the radio section There's our name right there on our little booth We had our own little kind of section uh, It was just really me And uh, Royce and a few other folks From another radio station Out of Louisiana And we had a, a really, really good time So we had a chance to do a live broadcast there And go back and download it uh, We did a 30 minute pregame show uh, for the Cotton Bowl, and it was, it was really, really great. The atmosphere, the people, everything was really nice. Roy, tell me a little bit about
2: what you saw before the game got started. Listen, I, 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 I thought I was back in college, Rick. I, I'm talking about tailgaters, <laughs> and, and I will say this about the LSU fans and, and New Orleans fans because I've, I've been to both times. They are the most supportive people I've seen in my life. They showed <laughs> up, I guess they – they must have a caravan coming up the freeway. Must look like wagon train. Because they were in droves, I think it was fifty fifty mixed was just as many LSU pants as it were Texan M pants. And they know how to party. They bring that New Orleans atmosphere. I'm talking about the beat. Wow. They were dressed. Yeah, they were tailgating. It was loud. It was very very, very good experience. Yeah it was nice. It was really nice. And the game we thought
1: was going to be a high-scoring game, we we both felt like it was going to be high-scoring. but we thought A&M was going to really have a chance to pull it out, and that could only be far from the truth. They did get beat handily by LSU, 41 uh, to 24. So really, and, and it didn't get bad until the second half of the game. The first quarter ended, A&M was up 10-7. Uh, they were moving the ball very, very well. And uh, they were running the ball very well. Also, Cyrus Gray had 50 yards in the first quarter. Right. Anytime your running back has 50 yards in the first quarter, you would think I'm going to stick with the run game. And they got away from it. They started throwing the ball. Uh, Ten started throwing interceptions. He only finished with 102 yards for the game. and had 50 of those 102 in the first quarter. And that was clearly the difference as far as what I saw. But talk a little bit about this uh, quarterback
2: we saw for LSU Rush, what he was able to do out there. You know, he, he the, the guy had thrown four interceptions all year, and he threw like four that night. I mean, he he reminded me of a young Brady. He was just that good, Rick. The guy was. Wow. I mean, he he, he threw some balls. Like, well, that good. Well, he was that
1: good. He's thrown uh, four touchdowns all year long, and actually but, threw three touchdowns
4: in right. that game
1: under uh, Cotton Bowl. And he stood back there, had poise in the pocket. We knew he was going to be a running quarterback. He did rush for almost right. 100 yards also, but he took over the game. Something inside of him said, you know what, i got to put this on my back. Because they couldn't really get the ball down the field as effectively as A&M because they, they weren't taking advantage of the fact that A&M was really playing the they – were, they were running these blitzes, these different schemes, and leaving the middle wide open, also leading the the end's wide open. That's exactly what LSU was able to take advantage of. But let me tell you how the score just got out of hand so quick. The first quarter was 10-7. Second right. quarter at halftime, it was 28-17 to LSU over A&M. They did all that scoring in the second quarter. He threw two touchdowns Then They rushed for a touchdown. They were all on top of him. I mean, it has to be something about SEC and Big 12, but SEC has that swagger for some reason, Rick. I don't know what it was, but it was just something about, you know, they just knew they had them beat. You know, once they got them down 28-17, they just knew, but they know it was going to be a long afternoon. And it really was. But they ended up winning that game 41-24, to uh, 20, 41 to 24, and it, it was a beat down as far as the second half is concerned. Russ, I know you saw the same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Uh, it was a very good game. I figured to take the and we win the LSU. Uh, brought a little something extra with them, and and the crowd. I think the crowd behind them, they uh, cheered louder than the Texas A&M fans. They were more jubilant. They were more vocal. I think that had a lot to do with uh, them winning too. which
3: which which team which team seemed like they had the most fans there? I would assume that it was it was A and M. You know what? It was today,
2: actually.
3: Yeah, I think it was opposite. I
1: think I think more L S U fans showed up than uh A and fans, to be honest with you. I think it really yeah, it I because I
3: got a chance to, you know, watch it on T V of course and, and I can just imagine what it was like out there, you know, I mean, but the T V shots, it made it look kinda like it was half and half, but I mean it was a really, really good game and it was it was it was crazy to see L S U just bust it open in the second half like that. Oh and yeah. Then, yeah. And uh, this, the
1: funny thing is A&M, you know, they did out-gain them in uh, total yards, passing yards, and rushing yards. Uh, they had they had better stats. It's the only stat that, that matters is the one they lost that, and that was a score. Uh, but we Not did bad. get a chance to talk to uh, Jordan Jefferson right after the game, the quarterback from LSU on his big day. Of course, like I said before, he had four touchdowns all year and was able to get in the pocket and in, in that one game and have three. In that one game, but this is my interview with Jordan Jefferson right after they won the Cotton Bowl. Big game tonight, Jordan. What did you see out
4: there in the defense to be able to throw a lot of touchdowns? Russell one. Did you see something? Did they expose something to you? Um, they they basically been doing the same thing that that they did on film. You know, we we had the plays to expose the defense, and you know, coach was being very consistent on calling those plays.
1: How does it feel out of the season that you guys have to have a big win like this, uh, put up a lot of points in front of a big crowd or
4: not? Um It means a lot. Um you know, We put up, you know, 40 41 points. I mean, in a bowl game. I mean, that's was kind of something, you know, very unusual. There's yeah. a good team like Texas a and them, but, I mean, they came out, you know, and, and gave everything for us, you know, that first half. And, you know, we just had to make sure that we slow those guys down and, and continue on putting points on the board. Well, we
1: definitely wish you a lot of luck, man. What's the next step for
4: you? Uh, I mean, I got spring coming up. and you know, I'm going to be a totally different quarterback in the spring. And you know, uh I'm going to do way more work than what I did last year. You know, I'm, I got one more year. I'm trying to make sure that I have a strong senior year. You know, that... Uh, so, you know, expand my future. So, uh, and I'm going to just be a totally different guy next year. Well,
1: good luck on everything. Good game tonight. I appreciate it. It was uh, Jordan Jefferson, LSU quarterback. You know, he's coming back for his uh, senior season because he does feel like he has something to prove. And if he plays like he played in that convo, LSU is
2: going to be hard to beat next season, right. Royce. I think you would agree with me on that. Oh, yeah. If, if he plays anything and like he did this game, he – He will take them a long way. Now, as good as Jordan Jefferson was that night,
1: uh, he was not the MOP. They actually gave it to Tolliver, which is the receiver. He caught three touchdown passes. Uh, He actually had three touchdown passes and a total of uh, 112 yards receiving on five catches. So he did have a big 90. I actually voted for Jordan Jefferson to get the MOP, but they did give it to Tolliver, so we did catch up with him after the game, and here's his comments right after winning uh, the 2011 AT&T Cotton Bowl. Good, Good game
4: tonight, man. Big plays. You had a lot of yeah. touchdown catches. What was going on out there? You thought we were in the zone. Did you see something in the defense or what? I mean, I, just, I was just in the zone. Coach just called my number, and I just uh, just wanted to make plays for him. Good.
1: Now what's next for you? You had a big game tonight, what's next for you in your career?
4: Uh I mean just looking forward to the next level, that's all. You know I didn't have a season I wanted but I mean we I mean we had a win the season so um I'm just happy right now. Yeah, you look
1: happy. <laughs> that's um yeah, you do look happy. Because everybody was happy. It was it was confetti flying, it was the bands were playing. Right, Fire wasn't yeah. going off, it was a huge, like, I'm a Super Bowl atmosphere. Right, It
2: was, it was, it was. i never seen that much competitive,
1: Rodney. <laughs> I was covered <coming laughs>
2: with it. But, yeah, we but, were,
1: uh, we were. And if you guys great, want to see great, those great, interviews great, great win
2: live,
1: yeah, if you want to see those interviews live, make sure you go to our blog page at rfsportsradio.blogspot.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash rfsportsradio. You can see those interviews live. We did get a chance to talk to our hometown guys, and I was looking forward to talking to Von Miller after the game, but he was just so disgusted about the loss. He did not even show up to the post-game press conference. although they had his name like he was going to appear. Cyrus did come out. He did talk. Cyrus Gray the running back for Texas A&M. He had 102 yards, and I talked to him about, you know, how did it feel to have so many yards and have a a big game but not get the win and not be able to get any touchdowns. This is Cyrus Gray after – uh,
4: the loss in
1: the combo. Right, sports, right there here with Cyrus Gray. Cyrus, you had over 100 yards rushing tonight, no touchdowns. Talk a little bit about how frustrating it was not getting into the end zone. You know, I, I guess, you
4: know, sometimes, you know, you don't get in the end zone, but I really wanted to to get there to help the team out. And, you uh, know, when you come out, we came out with a loss. You just, you know, I wish the seniors, we could do better for the singers.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This kind, of, this kind of loss like this, I mean, it really can help you guys
4: build for next season.
1: I mean, is that what you're thinking about right now?
4: Right, that's that's what I'm thinking about now. Um, you know, saving the moment, although although it was a loss, you know, but just looking pe- looking for the future. Uh, I'll be a senior next year and a few more of the guys will be, and we have to lead the way. Now talk a little bit about, you know, throwing that
1: touchdown. You know, we know you can run the ball, but throwing touchdowns, is that is that your new thing now? You know, I did it in high school and just, yeah. you know, the opportunity came and I just had to, you know, make a play. So you're looking to step forward. You talked about being a leader for this team next season. What do you say to your guys in the locker room to get, them to get ready for next season and try to put this behind? I know it's going to take a while, but, you know, as being a leader, what can you say to the team? Uh, just, you know, look look
4: forward to a hard offseason uh, and summer conditioning. Uh, we're going to work real hard. Uh, I'm probably going to start myself uh, back working out Monday and just trying to get back right. Uh, we got some goals we got to get to.
1: It was uh, Cyrus, great. you can tell he was definitely disappointed about the loss. But he's a good kid. I think he'll definitely bounce back, Royce. I
2: think he have a big season next year. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I talked to him a little bit after you interviewed him, and I asked him, I said, Cyrus, uh, uh you happy to be home? Go home and have a, you know, a meal with your mom and kind of chill out after the season. And he told me that he was ready to get back in the weight room and start working out again. And that's what he's looking forward to saying, come back next year. I thought that was really an uh, admirable man that shows how much he wants to win and how much dedication he's willing to put into the game. He said that, uh, he just had a little time to go home, see his parents, but he wanted to get back in the weight room and get back on the field and, and come back next year. So I thought that was really, real big as a young man. For real. That, man, can't help but – feel good for a guy that, right, that right.
4: wants to go ahead and
3: move forward and get better, but, you know, right, right. feel bad for him at the same time. He seems to be such right. a good guy, and, you know, he had to go out there and take that L. So, you right. know, good luck to him, and, and, you know, hopefully that could be a little bit better next year. Oh, that, I think A&M will
1: be okay. I think they'll be all right yeah. next season. Right. I mean, right. they, they, they you know, did just as good as most of the teams in the Big 12. They played with the heavyweights. The three games that they did lose. Well, it could have been games they could have won on a couple of big plays if they were able to make it happen. But they did win uh what six games in a row going into the Cowboys. Right. So they, they they got a chance to really be a good team. A couple of other aftermath after this game, we finding out basically today that the L S U coach Les Miles perhaps may not be at L S U next year. He might be in Michigan. It was an interview for that job tomorrow. He's a Michigan guy. So he very very well may be coaching at Michigan not at LSU next year because that could affect the team uh, big time going into the next season.
3: Wow. Could. It will if he leaves. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Well, LSU, LSU <laughs> yeah.
1: has already said that um, they're willing to uh, reduce his buyout clause, his fee, right. so he can't go to Michigan if he wants to go.
4: Because there are a lot
1: of people in LSU that don't want Les Miles there believe it or not, uh-huh. although he's been, you know, very, very good to the program. The three games that they lost were close games also, too. So we will right. see what happens in that store. We'll keep you guys updated on that. Let's take another quick commercial break because we got to get into some NFL playoff action because I think a couple of people on this well, we show ended up going 0-4 in their picks.
3: Yeah, they did. They did. I'm
1: not going to say no name. I'm not going to let it
3: let me tell you real quick before you go, it looks like, you know, Oregon is able to move the ball a little bit, but, you know, they keep getting stopped towards the middle of the field, but they starting in their end zone a lot. That quarterback is taking a beating.
4: Yeah, all the yeah,
3: defensive players are getting in there. Man, they are taking – that
2: dude is taking a
3: beating out there right now. It's pretty good yeah, game. You know, the
2: game. The game looks like a rodeo, the way these guys are getting wrestled. I mean, these guys are hitting, man. Yeah, uh, he
3: God. He, 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 just a, too much? he just threw a pass from the end zone just a second ago, and, and you know, it ended up being like a 40-yard catch or so. But just the lick that he took, you know, on that hit was something else. And right. then he right. got out there and threw a couple of long passes. They were in completions, but still he ended up on the ground,
2: keep having to fix his jersey, pull it over his shoulder pad. I mean, he's getting <laughs> it. He's right. And you know, I had to adjust the color on my TV he said I thought those yellow socks. I thought my <laughs> color was off. <laughs> yeah, I had that's Oregon to I had It wasn't the TV; it was the yellow sock they had on. You know, I thought that's that was kind Oregon of point. Point. That
3: is well, Oregon you, I I had to think twice myself. I was either thinking I had too many drinks or not enough. <laughs> One or two. Right. Let's take a One quick break down. We get to some NFL
1: action when we get back and listen to the RF Sports radio show live on Blog Talk Radio. Oh yeah, the
0: oh, wait is finally yeah. over. The new release from Rifleman.
1: Smoke in the city, Smoke available the now. City.
0: Album features Flo Fly, Makeem, yeah, Ken Jack, and the Ooh. Grit Boys, with many, many other. Also featuring production from super it's producer game, none other than Big Crit. Available on. now at all of your favorite online retailers: iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, Seven Digital, eMusic, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now.
1: It's blazing, it's blazing. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of LawApps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what LawApps.com is?
4: version
0: of an attorney's regular website so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC, iPhone, Android, Blackberry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system.
1: So why does an attorney need LawApps.com?
0: Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011.
1: So, what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com?
0: Go to our website at LawApps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S. Or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, at 1-888-974-6784. Uh, that's one eight 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 nine seven four six seven eight four. 888 974
1: 6784 And it's LawApps.com, L-A-W-A-P-P-Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages.
0: Calling all models, calling all actors, actors, Actors. all music artists, calling all comedians and producers. I got a question for you. Have you been having trouble finding gigs, and not just gigs, but paid gigs? Well, if that's you, look no further. We've got the perfect solution for your problem. Go to WeBookGigs.info right now. Sign up and create your profile. And let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get updates about shows and paid gigs sent directly to your personal Twitter, Facebook, email, and your phone. Now, the best thing about WeBookGigs.info is it's absolutely no cost to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Don't delay We book gigs.info right now. Right now.
1: And we are back live on the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, RF. Welcome to the program. If you guys don't know, by now we started last week broadcasting every night from 10 to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Monday through Friday. This is our Monday show. We talked a little bit about the top stories in the sporting world right now. We talked about the Cotton Bowl. We played you guys Mario from Jordan Jefferson. Uh, we also played some audio from Cyberspray as well. Talked about that and reviewed we'll that as also. And now we got to get into some NFL playoff action. Before we do that, I want you guys to know tomorrow night we have a special guest on the show. We're going to have Roddy Boubois. Uh, from the Dallas Mavericks, we're going to do a live uh, interview with him. He's going to tell us exactly why he hasn't been able to make it back to the floor, and when can we expect to see him on the floor? It's going to be a hot show tomorrow, so you make sure you tune in tomorrow at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Let me bring my guys back on, Royce and Rick. Now, guys, we got to talk about the NFL playoffs, and I mentioned before we went to commercial break, somebody on this show went 0-4. <laughs> If anybody fall, wants fall. to stand up and be a man and say, "Hey, I, w- I was on for this week," please say so now.
3: Well, I, I, I can tell you like was. this. I can tell you like this. I won one game, <laughs> so it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me either. Who was not me.
2: Who won? Huh? Who me? Yeah, I picked the Ravens to win. Right, I picked the. I
3: Ravens. picked the Ravens to win. I picked the Colts to win. I picked the um, the uh, the Eagles to win, and I picked the Saints to win. Right. Okay, well, so, so somebody went
1: one and three. I think
3: all of us went one and three. Yeah, I mean all of us had the all of us had the exact same pick the except of charges right. picking the Jets.
1: Yeah, he did. He should. Sure so did. somebody did yeah. actually win. Somebody did go two and um, two and two. Two. On the of right. the playoff weekend So the person that went 2-2 two two is live with us on the radio Chosen woke to walk the program Go ahead and give your victory speech, my friend uh, Well, you know, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet
0: It's just, uh, it's nice to be honored amongst such uh, great NFL <laughs> You know, coordinating gentlemen like yourselves So, thank you, but, but, you know, no autographs tonight
2: Well, you said <laughs> you were going to get your crown back he <laughs> said that you got your crown back,
4: but he All said right, no autograph He said no
3: autographs, though. You robbing us, man? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got to get something
0: in. Uh, it feels great! It feels great. I told y'all, don't sleep on the jets, you know. So it just goes to show y'all that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, if Chris is not there listening, but like, like I said, I, I have no faith in Peyton in the clutch anymore, you
1: know. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people <laughs> be feeling like that after what happened this weekend. Let's start with the first <laughs> game on Saturday: the Saints and the Seahawks. We all wow. talked seven and nine team getting the chance to host a playoff game. That's one of our biggest uh, listen listen to shows or download shows when we had that discussion. And they get the home playoff game, and, and I, something told me to pick the Seahawks. Although I thought it's so hard to pick a seven win team. It's just an environment that they have at that home stadium, which proved to be the catalyst for this game. They actually beat the Saints 41-36. to 36. They put up 41 points right. on the Saints' defense, and not just by, you know, by luck. I mean, they were running the ball. They were catching the ball. And we had to back through for four touchdowns in that game. And Marshall Lynch rushed for 19 carries, 131 yards, including a 67-yard run that I think is going to go down in the NFL history. It's one of the best runs in the playoffs. So let me get your wow. reaction first, Roy. So what you thought about seeing the Seahawks, a seven and nine team, be the team that you thought was going to go to the Super Bowl again?
2: Well, right now I have to eat my words. I, I, and I, I, this is very rough for me. So, Joseph and Rick, I all better enjoy this. I, I was shocked. It's I don't know. It's something about the Seattle in the playoffs they seem to do it says a lot about Pete Carroll and yeah. his uh, coaching. And I I was really shocked. I thought the Saints would would just knock these guys out and move on, but I, I I mean my words tonight.
1: Yeah, Rick, what do you think about this game? I mean, Drew Brees did have over 400 yards passing, had the biggest quarterback day for the uh, Wild Card weekend, but was unable to get the win. Was it a defensive letdown, or or was uh,
3: even though he had 400 yards, was Drew not on his game? Well, I mean, I have to I have to eat a little crow myself, but, you know, I, I don't have any faith in the Seattle team. I never did. You know, the, what happens here is this, this proves any argument with, you know, a team hosting a playoff game, you know, even if they win their division, but they got to lose the record, that's out the door now. That You can't even argue about it anymore. They had one wow. of those classic any given Sunday type of games, and they took advantage of the Saints. The Saints forgot how to defend. Yeah, the Saints yeah. really forgot how to defend yeah, out there. They yeah, couldn't yeah. stop the pass. They couldn't stop the run. They did exactly what they always do offensively, right? But they simply forgot how to defend. Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck. I'm out there killing <laughs> the household name. <laughs> and you on. know what, the Saints.
1: I think they really <laughs> forgot to do shows, and I think the Saints forgot to tackle cuz I I can't I can't see I can't remember another play since pee wee football pop Warner football where a guy can take oh, yeah. the ball run send send 67 yards and guys. bypass eight of eight guys
4: miss eight, eight guys. tackles
1: I mean have you seen a play like that before uh in in the immortal
0: words of um, <laughs> of Michael Strahan, I'm gonna march on you.
4: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> Your boy was amazing. I mean, I think that was one of the greatest plays in football. Period. Right. Uh, right. Uh, when it comes to running the ball, not since the days of Barry Sanders have I seen a run play quite that exciting. You know. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. Buddy. But hey, it, as far as the Saints, you know, I, I knew they were suspect, and I appreciate right. the Seahawks.
1: You know what I'm saying for exposing the weak team. Now you know, we're uh, gonna be talking later on. <laughs> we gonna be talking later on in the week about uh, the matchups coming up for the next playoff game. We'll do our playoff. Uh, we'll do our next playoff show on Friday when we do our picks again. Don't sleep on the Seattle Seahawks team. They're gonna be playing Chicago in Chicago, and they beat the Bears at the home stadium earlier this year. So don't sleep on this team. I know, by no means. We'll see which well, one of us pick them. We'll see. Right. <laughs> we'll see which one of us Now the prime time game Saturday night had to be a, a, a really good game. I thought it was the Jets and the Coast. I thought for sure Peyton Manning had the Jets number at home. I, it's hard to pick against Peyton Manning, but again, I think Peyton did his job. Honestly, he got his He, hands. Did. he brought him back. He brought him back yeah. when the field goal range. Ben Terry the field they go in. But right. it's that coach defense, and the coach defense has been banged up all year long. They got players team. the players out there playing for the first time. They got they don't know the schemes. They look confused a lot of the time, and the Jets were able to pick them apart at the right time for that one little drive to get Nick of all people, a chance to win the game, and that's exactly what happened. I think now, you know, after Sanchez they messed up on the, was the teams
3: drive. play.
1: Yeah, that too. Now, they did try to uh, get their punt blocked. The guy ran into the kicker, gave him another set of downs. That proved to be detrimental for the, for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. But, Royce, from what you saw, I mean, Chosen brought up a good point. He said now Peyton is being considered one of those guys not able to get it done in the playoffs. He's got a 500 record in the playoffs. He's been in the league right. a very, very long time.
2: And, well, you know, really going to be hurting, hurting his legacy from what I feel, Royce. I think you feel the same way. Well, you know, with all the guys going down and hurt Peyton Man and really the game they did win were, were just by a little bit and just by him because he had a, a really uh, a lot of injuries this year on this coach team. He played with a lot of not none of his starters and receivers were out there uh, most of the mm-hmm. season. they managed to make it this part without them. But uh the Jets were a better team. They they came ready to play. And you know you have to realize, and just like the Seattle game, who wants it more? You know, and I think Jets wanted just a little bit more than the Colts did.
1: Rick, what did you see out there on this, on this on that game? As far as you know, the Jets. I mean, the, the Jets looked tough. The defense looked tough at times, but like Roy said, I mean, the Colts have been banged up, and and even Reggie Wayne said it himself, he felt like they didn't go to him
3: enough at all during the game. And they and they didn't, you know, and and it looked like to me that that was part of their game plan because the Jets was giving Reggie Wayne so much attention. Peyton was doing what he normally do. You know, he go out there, he get the ball to the open receivers, whether they make the catch or not. You know, bad pass every now and then. Peyton, Peyton, you know, played his game. I can't knock Peyton Manning for that. The coach made too many mental mistakes out there. You know, and their defense really just let up at the at the wrong time. Not that their defense was playing great all game anyway, because the Jets was able to run the ball. They kept Peyton Manning off the field in the second half. He only got three possessions the whole second half. So they they, they really took advantage of them out there. The the Jets slowed the game down, you know. And to be honest with you, I think they got out coached. Mm, right. Mm, good point. That's, good point. that's now, really what I think happened because you can't knock Peyton Manning. And then at the same time, you know, looking over his career, you got I can't disagree with you. Look, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. You know, but then at the same time when, you know, they're giving people like Dan Marino credit and, you know, some of these other quarterbacks that's had good careers, made it to the playoffs and whatnot, no, not a whole lot of Super Bowl rings and all this kind of stuff, I guarantee you Peyton's still going to be one of the best of them. That mm. tells you, brought up a good
1: point. You think this really does something to the Peyton's legacy by him losing his playoff game, losing again in the playoffs?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, and and that's following losing a Super Bowl. You know, two <clears> big games where you have a chance to come through and lead. You know, so many, so many people will argue the fact that you know Peyton had, puts up the best stats, and then you see a guy like Tom Brady turn around and win more championships and put up just as great of stats. I, I think Peyton Manning was given too much credit for the offense, and and that's why I put the, the really the blame on Peyton. I think Rick is right. They they missed Dungy, and, and, and Dungy was a great coach, and he allowed defensive coordinators to have the illusion that Peyton Manning was calling the shots. And only now are people getting a chance to see that, you know what I'm saying, it's a team effort. That's, that's a good is. point. That's a real good it's point. That's true. That's
1: something we that's
3: have to true. definitely talk about. That, that, that's the – that feeds back to, you know, one of those arguments we've had on the show plenty of times, you know. It is very much a team game.
4: You know, you can say
3: MVP right. all you want right. to and look right. at the quarterback. Right. The quarterback can be great, but the receiver's got to catch the ball. The running back can right. be good, but he's got to have an right. offensive line or he ain't going to get right. no yards, you know That's what it. I mean? That's I mean, it, it is very right. much a team
2: sport. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And, and then we really believe that the coach was going to go to Super Bowl, that anybody – Believe that they would <laughs> even go to the
1: Super bowl. Let's just be honest here. No, I mean they now were banged up know. team. I I didn't really right, get right. their chances wasn't that big to me, but in, right. in, in to me I think with Peyton Manning, you have a, a hell of a chance, a better chance. To <laughs> be <able to laughs> down.
3: I, I agree totally. I, mean, I didn't think that the, the 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 Colts was gonna go to the Super Bowl. Right. You know I'm like you know it's it's hard to bet against. Peyton Manning, you know, but the one thing I right. think we agreed on, you know, one of the closest games in the playoffs, you know, we all thought, I know I did anyway, let me speak for myself, was this particular game. This was very much yeah. a a toss-up game, so it's really oh, yeah. not a right. surprise that the Jets right. won the game to me. That's not right. a surprise, right. you know,
0: right. and I felt bad
3: even I'm picking against the Jets, so I hope they go out there and whoop the Patriots. Yeah, what, no, what they, you know, we, game.
0: that's just the thing, you know what I'm saying, that the, the 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 quarterback of the Jets to me, I think is a, is a suspect position. I, I'm not sold. Right. And right, and, and I mean, w- when you compare the two quarterbacks, I think it should just be, it should have very much been the Colts that were capable of winning the game. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh,
1: I had to ride with the Jets because I've been riding with them all season. Yeah, that's a good. That was a good pick. Now, then uh, we uh, one game on Sunday that we don't have to spend a lot of time on because I want to talk about this, the last game on Sunday, a little bit more in depth,
4: and that was the Ravens
1: and the Chiefs. The Ravens dominated the Chiefs. Chiefs only scored one time in the first quarter. It was 30-7. to 7. The Ravens defense beat up the Chiefs. I mean, beat them up bad. They hit everybody. Right. Everybody got touched. Matt Castle, Jamal Charles.
4: I don't uh, care yeah. who you
1: was. If you had the football, you got hit by their Ravens defense. And, and, of course, he got picked up. They had five turnovers. I mean, the defense played right. five turnovers on right. the Chiefs. Right. Uh, Matt Castle had only 70 yards passing that game, and he only threw it 18 times. I mean, it, I don't know what they were trying to do running the ball so much, but you can't do that against <laughs> this Ravens defense as tough as they are. So let's play a little bit of reaction from both the Ravens and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs after they got beat at home handily by the Ravens.
4: Effective was a win. You know, a win. It begins and ends with a win in the playoffs. And I'm proud of our football team for finding a way to get that done. I we got stronger as the game went on. That was really the story. The thing that, you know, we've overcame this whole year. We knew how hard it's going to be to come play in this stadium. And, you know, that's a young, talented team over there who came out in the first half and gave us everything we got. You know, but all year, we, we built for 60 minutes. We all know that. In playoff football, you can't turn the ball over, and it starts with me. You know, uh, I forced a few balls in there, and uh, it didn't turn out well. And as a leader of the team and as a leader of the offense, I can't do that. We've made a lot of progress, and we just need to continue
1: doing the things that we know you have to do to to really become a consistently good team that uh, can go out there and and win some of these games.
4: It's it's time. You know, we owe our our city a championship. We owe our fans a championship. We got over the first step. Next step is Pittsburgh.
1: And that was Terrell Suggs right there at the end. And Terrell has already called that game against Pittsburgh next week on McGinnon. I mean, and you got to say, hey, this, <laughs> this is going to be, be about one of the hardest-hitting, toughest, roughest games in the playoffs that you can have. They've met so many times in the playoffs, and they've never disappointed us. So I'm really looking forward to picking that game on
2: Friday. Well, you know, for Kansas City to even make the playoffs, from where they came last year, the dream season in itself, and, uh, you know, that was kind of wishful thinking for them to make the playoffs. But uh, you can't turn the ball over five times in a championship game and win. That's just the bottom line. No way. Yeah, it, was, it was, and it was, uh, like I
1: said, This that's going to be the game to really pick uh, come on Friday when we do our pick show. Let's talk about the last game because I want to get into that a little bit more in depth because this game, to me, was was my toss-up game. I didn't really, you know, I, I've i been riding with Michael Vick ever since he took the star position for the Eagles, but... The Packers have been a good team, and, and they've gotten better as the season went on. They won their last two games, and they had to win them to get into the playoffs. Any team that does something like that, you got to be worried about uh, when it comes crunch time in the playoffs. And they were able to beat the Eagles at home, 21-16. Michael Vick, to me, it looked like he got hurt late in the fourth quarter. He was hobbling around, couldn't really get his feet set, and that proved to be the, the reason I think he threw that pick at the very end thirty three seconds left he rushes everybody up to the line, doesn't get it doesn't clock the ball, doesn't take time to kind of you know call a play, and just gets back there and tries to heave one to the end zone, but couldn't get that foot planted that ankle All was right. bothering him so bad, I think he just underthrew the guy and threw a pick now, my question is, and Ricky, I know you saw this game, why didn't he just clock the ball take some time and and kind of get a
3: play in there? was he just was he just jitters, or what was it? I think he was just caught in the moment. You know, it it yeah, was—it's right. was, uh, a situation that honestly, Michael Vick, you know, really have not been in a whole lot. You know, I mean, you let's let's face it. You know, he did, you know, miss some time. You know, out there, and his quarterback senses might have been a little off. I think he was just caught caught in the moment. He was trying to make a play. You know, I really can't get get mad at him for that play. He was, he was out there trying to do what he was uh, able to do.
1: But a quarterback in that situation, a lot, of seasoned quarterback, chosen, I think, would have clocked that ball and got a good play in. Would you agree?
3: Say it again. Well, yeah. Oh. Uh, I, I, hello. Yeah, you here? Yeah, yeah. I, I just
0: really think that you know the the field itself was um, was just an uncomfortable feeling uh, or or footing. That, that Mike Vick had as he threw that last pass. I don't think his ankle too much had anything to do with it because he was sliding a lot towards the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. If he'd have made the pass and, and actually put it just a little bit higher and it would have been a touchdown, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It was just a star player trying to make a big play, and it didn't go his way. I, I think to come back and get the team in that position anyway – uh, with, with all of the, the, the poor play that they had overall missing the field goals, I think you did a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah. But well, that was something else, too. They did miss two field goals, and those two field goals proved to be the uh, difference in the game because they lost by five. So you're absolutely right, David, They missed two, uh, one from 31 yards. All right, a field right. Goal one from 19 yeah, so let's listen to a couple of comments from Mike Vick after the game. Uh, and I want to talk to you guys about what's next for Mike Vick,
4: too. Season, season, the ultimate goal is winning the Super Bowl. And to do that each and every week, uh, you know, everybody has to be on one accord, uh, in tune with the game, playing, flying around, playing fast. And uh, we didn't do that tonight, um, but we had a great season. But that's that's not enough. I enjoyed the season. I felt like I made a lot of improvements. I'm, I'm proud of my teammates. I'm proud of my coaches. And, uh, you know, just uh, disappointed that we didn't finish.
1: Now, what I want to ask you guys is, of course, well, first of all, the Green Bay Packers move on. They advance. They play the uh, Atlanta Falcons next week. But now, okay. officially today, Michael Vick is a free agent. And there's a little controversy brewing in Philadelphia. Kevin Cobb has already said, hey, if you bring Michael Vick back, I want to be traded. I don't want to be here. I think I can be a start in this league. I don't want to be a backup anymore. So, Ross, let me ask you first, what happens to Michael Vick now? Are the teams not enough to pick him up? Are the Eagles going to try to keep him? Because he is officially now a free agent.
2: Well, if the Eagles had any sense, they would keep him. Because uh, <laughs>
3: what,
2: he's done, <laughs> what he's done for this team this year uh, is, is nothing but spectacular. I mean, how can you trade or get rid of a guy like Michael Vick. It always gives you a chance to win. And speaking of that pass, I don't know a quarterback in the league that wouldn't want to take a pass back. I mean, if he (laughs) could take that back, he would. So, I mean, it would be crazy to get rid of it. And a a quick
1: note, Rick, quick note before you answer that question, Rick, Oregon has just tied this thing up with 233 left in the fourth. It is 19-19. The guys, two names nineteen, like
3: nineteen. With a crucial play that involved man, it's gonna be a
1: problem.
3: It's gonna be a problem. can going
1: to real quick, we got about a minute left, man. What do you think
3: about this, Mike Vick? What happens to Vick next year? Where's he playing? Um, I agree. Philadelphia better do everything they can to keep him. Cause if they don't, it's gonna be at least twenty-five teams out there looking to get him on their team some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Some, some of those teams are just pretty much sold up with their quarterback situation, but it's going to be some teams that got good quarterbacks but still are going to want Michael Vick on their team. He is going to get a job. The teams are going to line up. Best believe it. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely keep
1: an eye on that story. That's been our show tonight, y'all. It's been real. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, Chosen, congratulations on winning the picks this past week. Of course, you got to be with us on Friday. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow night's show, we're going to have Roddy Bubar. He's going to tell us exactly why he hasn't set foot on the court yet and when can we expect him back. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 p.m. on the RF Sports Radio Show.